Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. you a special intro or something like that welcome husband to the military wife life podcast oh hi <laughs> you're totally not starting off all good at all how are you it's good you're it's, home I, it's good to be home i'd have been home four days but it feels like i've been back longer in a good way yeah, so. <laughs> so i thought i'd ask you what you do on the ship but i thought i'd answer that first and see how right i get it Okay. So what do you do on the ship? This is my interpretation of it. You're in charge of the big lift that takes the aircraft up and down in the ship. So you're the engineer that is in charge of that, making sure it's working, maintained. That, that is the biggest part of the job, mainly because the lift requires a lot of work. But no, it, we look after all the interface to the aircraft, uh, including the embarked uh, aircraft for services for um, the embarked unit. So... What is your actual job? I'm the aeronautical engineering officer. So I make sure that all of the aviation operations that we conduct are done in an airworthy manner from the perspective of the uh, fitted ship systems. So I was on the right track, yeah? Close. You, you picked the big one, yeah. So can you talk us through the day that the ship leaves? Like at the same time as you're trying to spend every minute and second with your family before the ship leaves, you obviously have a job to do. So how do you manage walking away from your family on the wharf and then switching over to, to job mode straight away? Is that what happens when the ship leaves? So just before we go, it's it's pretty stressful because I'm the head of a department. So And, and I guess everyone, everyone has their roles in the department and you're getting ready to go to sea and you've got to worry about all the all the people are ready to go, that the equipment is ready to go, that it's all reported as such. So all those reports need to go up to the CO so the CO can report it to fleet. So we need to give assurance to the rest of the Navy that we're ready to go. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the ship and there's a lot of stress that comes down from all the ranks. The other side is that you know you've got to leave your family for a long time. So that, that builds all up to it as well. What were you feeling when you had to say the final goodbye and turn and walk away from us? I know that I'm coming back and in order to come back you have to say goodbye try not to get overly emotional because I don't want that to be confused by uh, our daughters so that our oh, daddy's going away forever just I'll be away for a long time but I could tell that you didn't want to walk away when you're on the wharf I could tell that day that you didn't want to walk away but you had to because obviously the moment was getting closer and closer so are you just thinking okay switch off now and I have to walk away because I need to go and do this on the ship or is that what you're doing to like distract yourself yes so I'll I'll walk away because I have to walk away because there's a job to be done at a certain time I guess you don't think about it very much you just think about what you have to do as opposed to dwelling on things so once the ship sails on that first day what happens you go inside you know you wave goodbye you go back down to your cabin, get changed, and then it's straight into work? Or how does that work? Yeah, it's straight into work. I guess there's a general routine is we have to do things like leaving ship stations. And there's a it's a very set sequence of events to actually sail. And a lot of that's reporting, briefing. Basically, we have to go to our emergency uh, stations and leaving ship stations. So it, it's a very much a, a safety thing. So everyone's mind is on the job and it's about the safety of the ship. It's a very focused period as we're leaving harbour. So the rest of the people that are on the ship, is the feeling excitement usually or is it more of a, for the first couple of days, a feeling of homesickness or what's the general feel? I'd probably say you've got more pronounced peaks and troughs. So... Yeah, people are really excited to get out there because uh, particularly being from one of the technical departments, we're quite excited to get past the maintenance period 
and uh, make sure that the ship's actually working. But when you go through that burst of activity to get the ship to sea, get out past the heads and get the safe routine going, there is a pause where most people actually sit down, like when they get back to their cabin at the end of the night, and you go, oh, this is where I'm sleeping. This has got to be it for the next three weeks, the next four weeks, the next five weeks, whatever the trip's got to be. That does sink in. So do the chefs put on comfort food on the first night? Sometimes. Yeah, they will sometimes. On Canberra, the food's always good, so... So I wonder whether the canteen actually sells out of like chocolate and lollies and things like that to keep people happy for the first couple of days. I think a lot of people actually stack their own. So they actually bring care packages from home or they put the drawer chocolates. If they're anything like me, it only takes about five days and you run out of your own supplies and you have to go to the canteen then. But yeah. So I guess because the, the year before you'd been to sea for some stretches, so it wasn't like you hadn't done it before. But what point do you actually realise that you're deployed and that it's going to go for more than the six-week period or the eight-week period that you'd previously done. It's funny, on the shorter trips, it was almost as heavy. Because you planned so much, I think there was something about the two-month period. So after about two months, there was people getting really homesick. You thought more about your partner, you thought more about your kids, and you sort of just got off that, okay, look, i got five months to go. You're sort of pushing hard through, but your plans dry up a little bit by then, and you realise, oh, you know, I've got another three months to go, I've got another two months to go. That's even longer than what I've just done. So, so probably about the halfway mark, that's probably the hardest. You know you've only halfway through, and you've got the same again to go, and then you realise how long you've been away. So we've had some people send in questions. So this is a question from the Military Wife Life community, and they have asked, how do we make Navy life work for both of us? That's a big question, but... Thanks for sending that in, remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we could be here. I mean, your, your whole play, all your podcasts, and, and you've got it. I'd say the main thing is the shared ownership of it. I think the thing that makes us work really well is as you grow a further understanding of what I do, or maybe not so much what I do, but what it means, and a shared commitment. You always having a sense of ownership where you can look on TV and go, oh, that's HMS Canberra. Oh, that's our posting, as opposed to, oh, that's where Dad's working right now. I think that's a core element that just helps out everything else that we do. And I think as well as that, something that also helps at work for both of us is that you're not just focused on you and what you have to do for the job or what posting you want to get or what suits you you always communicate with me about what could be happening not that you have the ability to change something that might happen that we don't want to happen but at least you keep me across it so it's not something unexpected or it's not something that you've just been focused on and you haven't included me and I guess when I make a decision like a career decision the career decision has to be based on what we are doing and I guess it's something I realized I was lucky enough to when I was working at DNOP like doing the postings I was able to realize probably pretty early on in the career probably about 15 years ago you see a lot of people who uh, are pushed really hard and they're focused on uh, making the higher rank or or getting their job and uh, that could come at the expense of other parts of their life whereas I realized early on to play the long game to keep my wife to play the long to get remarried yeah, a few times exactly to play the long game, you make, need to make a decision on your ability not only to do the job, but to be supported at home. So if there's a job that you want to do or a position you want to get to, part of it is uh, getting the skills and doing the postings, getting the academics to be capable of doing the job. But a large part of that is actually having your home affairs, having your family ready for you to do that job. Because there's no point that if that fantastic job is down in Melbourne, well, you can get everything ready for it. But if you go down there and you're down there by yourself and 
your family's not robust enough that it falls apart, then you're not going to be very effective in that job either because you'll be worried about your family falling apart 500 kilometers away. Therefore, I found it, it's actually a professionally important to have a robust home life as well. Basically, you realized early on that it's important to take care of every area of your life and your relationship in order to be able to get to where you wanted to go while keeping everyone sort of happy in the process. True, yeah. So what was the quickest part of the deployment, do you think? Was it at the start? Like, did it go quick because you were doing lots of work or when you were going to ports, like, every week? So the port visits were pretty quick. Probably the quickest was when you came off and visited. That could have been a bit longer. Then the time between the port visits when we were actually doing IPE. Because the ship actually works a lot harder when it's at sea, particularly when it's away like that. Port visits are kind of a distraction because a lot of the crew are ashore and it's hard to get work done. So a lot of your work gets done when you're actually, actually at sea because you've got your whole crew on board. Because there was a, we had fairly short periods between port visits during IPE, they became quite intense because you had to get about you know three weeks worth of work into one week. And this is another question from the Military Wife Life community member. How do you keep your mind focused while being away? It's a routine. So it's the time you get off, go check the message on the Wi-Fi just to say good morning and for you to come back and say good morning back and oh no, it's all good. Or if there was a, if there was an issue, say with Evie or with Charlotte, that uh, you had time to actually put a whole message on there. So if I went just check the Wi-Fi, got the whole message down, by knowing things like that really quick, kept the stress off so I wasn't dwelling on things or, you know, oh, geez, what's going on? I always felt confident that if something did happen, I'd find out really quick. So aside from obviously us and the dogs in your car, what was the thing that you missed most about home? Like sleeping in your own bed? Like what was the thing you missed most? Oh, it gets a bit odd. Like if, I say this just because I just got home, but I, I missed the laundry. As in having my own laundry, that becomes quite a drag and quite frustrating. After a couple of weeks sharing a laundry and walking about 200 meters to go to the laundry to find out that someone's got the gear in there or someone's taken my washing out and left it wet on top of the dryer. Yeah, I really missed having my own laundry. And what did you do in your downtime on the ship? Like, what are the options? You've got, like, what gym? You can go hang out in the mess where you can watch movies. Like, what can you actually do on the ship when it's your downtime? You can do all that. So what? Like, list what you can do. Reading. Um, <laughs> Sounds exciting. There is a lot of gym. That's probably what a lot of people go for. I know that's what I go for. Uh, there are movies. There's rec spaces for all the sailors and such as well. You can go and watch uh, a DVD or uh, play a PlayStation. We've got a bunch of PlayStations around the ship. Board games. Uh, you can find some other people who are keen to play that board game. I'm guessing something that the younger ones like to do is take someone's washing out and watch from afar how, yes. how annoyed he gets when his washing's left on top of the dryer. I think some people do, bait. I guess a lot of people get on their phones as well, so it's the same you see out in the streets where you know people playing Candy Crush. Uh, Wordscape was very popular. I guess the other thing on camera, because you've got so much space, people like to be alone. You can find a space just to be alone. Here's another question from a Military Wife Life community member. What is the best support you can give the member while while they're away how do i support my partner me i like to know when things happen as, as they happen so message is good i appreciate hearing when uh, you're feeling stressed as well so i can't talk for everyone i guess but i feel more comfortable if you're sending me messages saying oh i'm, I'm done with today or these buddy kids or whatever i'd rather hear that and then you know get a message the next day which is oh good morning <laughs> everything's good again we're still alive yeah, we're still alive i haven't killed either of the children yet or the dogs i'd rather hear that rather than get a signal to 
two months into a trip going, oh yeah, your, your wife has had a full mental breakdown and you need to come home. And then rather than watching a gradual decline or as things get harder and harder, it just falls off the cliff face and it's like, oh, now I need to wrap up my work, be able to pass that on on board the ship, because those responsibilities and such, as well as get home within the next 48 hours and then find out what's going on and see how I can help out. So you think what's better is to be kept informed along the way, but then obviously the person back home also keeping on top of what they're feeling as opposed to not saying anything for months and months and then getting to breaking point because they haven't let it out and then therefore haven't dealt with it or tried to help themselves by getting any help or trying to fix the problem. Yeah, for sure. I'd rather get the venting through Messenger and the little vents because the other thing, it gives me assurance that you have actually do have someone to vent to. Plus, it also keeps the connection. It's great, you know, the, the wise club and everything, and I fully support that. But something that would make me nervous is that if I was to go away, uh, one thing that is on my mind is, oh, if I'm going to be away for months, you know, will the girls remember me? Uh, how am I going to fit back in? Am I still a part of your lives? At least if you can vent to me through the phone, when you're going through a really rough challenge yourself, I'm still included. Whereas if I sort of come back and it's like, oh, if it wasn't for so-and-so or for my mum or my sister or my best friend, I wouldn't have got through that. And it becomes us both doing our own challenges separately as opposed to doing it together. And if we did a lot of trips like that or if I'm working on a company a lot, I could see us just drifting apart because I think the person you're closest with are the ones you actually go through the hard times with. And if we're doing that on separate sides of the world, you're going to be closer to your mum or your sister or to your best friend than you are to me. So in saying that... Without being paranoid. (laughs) In saying that as well, do you want to be told that Evie's missing you or she cried today like does that make it harder for you or would you rather know that you're being thought about and missed and to the point where you know kids are upset but at least you're feeling included in what they're going through exactly like um i'd shed a bit of a tear like i'd feel horrible that you told well not horrible that you told me but horrible that evie's really missing me and evie was the toughest because i think charlotte was a bit more clicked on uh, plus she was distracted with the whole social thing of school and such it really scared me with evie but i definitely would rather know and i might feel horrible but i'd rather I'd rather feel horrible than not know about it. I feel better for being horrible because I mean, that's what parents do. It's better than her not missing you, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Like you don't want to be to the point where your kids are so cut off because they're used to you being away that it doesn't affect them. Definitely, yeah. yeah it keeps me connected. Have you heard about our Lots of Love Care Packages? An anonymous and free box of self-care goodies that can totally make a military spouse's day. It's a way for friends and family to send an acknowledgement in the mail to a military spouse to let them know they're awesome and the Military Wife Life community has their back. Pop over to the Military Wife Life website after you finish listening to this episode, of course, and sign someone up for the Lots of Love box. So after talking about Evie, for those that haven't listened to previous ep- episodes, about six weeks ago, Evie leant over a candle and her hair fell in front of her face and she, her hair caught fire, burning a fair bit of her hair off at the front and leaving her with a burn on her forehead. At the time, the ship's comms were down, so I sent an email straight away hoping that Scott would get it as soon as comms were turned back on, but to my surprise, he got the email straight away. So in saying that, how were you feeling when you got the news about Evie's burn and what was your initial reaction when you read the email from me? I don't want to lie. At first it was like, what the hell? What were you thinking? Were the candles? And I don't like candles generally. But I swallowed that because I went, oh, okay. In the end, that's not going to help anything. And also knew that you would have said the same thing to yourself. 
and you would have already beaten yourself up really hard on that. So I would have just been making that worse. So it was actually quite an advantage, like being so far away, because I'd sort of vent a little bit there, but then I was able to actually think, oh, okay, now what needs to happen? Ultimately, I needed to be supportive of you. So also by not being there and actually seeing the burn or the tears and all that type of deal, I think that gave me a bit of a chance to be a bit more um, practicable about it. It took a bit of the emotion out or and also sort of thinking back going, oh, all the dumb things that I've done as a kid, but how many times that teaches you. So what happens in regards to, because you then called on the sat phone, so what happens? Do you go and ask someone or do you have to tell them what the situation is? because obviously not everyone can just use the phone when you're out in the middle of the ocean. Well, on Canberra, we've got a padre, so we've got a chaplain on board. So, um, And most deployed ships should have a chaplain as well. I just went to him, told him straight out, and he let me use his phone. His phone's basically dedicated for welfare, and I mean, that's what chaplains are all about. If I didn't have a chaplain, I would have gone to my supervisor or divisional officer for a sailor, and they should be able to get access to the SAF phone. If they didn't provide access, it'd be for uh, an actual operational reason. If someone was to have something similar happen, obviously this wasn't life-threatening, but it was still like a scary and emotional situation it's not to the point where they should be calling the defense hotline or what should they do like is it just send an email and wait because the comms will send it through if they feel like it's serious enough or like how does it work when comms are not working if in doubt particularly for for a deployed uh, overseas deployed ship i'd contact the hotline uh, they'll be able to provide you advice there as well they'll be able to send a signal call it next opportunity and then when they do get the next opportunity they could have called on the sat phone so they don't have to feel like they're sitting at home for days on end with no contact and no support no not at all i mean that's the whole purpose why we have the hotline and like i said most commands i'd expect would support that similar to what i was saying before you know in order to have we need the sailor to be effective or we need the member to be effective in what they do if a small thing turns into a big thing and we have to send them home then we can't use that sailor anymore but if a phone call home means that security his or her home life it means that we can keep that sailor and we can keep doing our job and in the longer term if that sailor does need to go home like for something of compassionate reasons well we'll send them home then so going to a totally different topic what is it like when you receive care packages on the ship definitely it's like christmas it's it's awesome it, it could be full of just paper but it's <laughs> It is really cool. Actually, that would be a pretty cool prank just to send like an empty box or something. So what was your favourite thing that you got in your care packages? Probably the little books and the drawings from the girls and the way they decorated the boxes with the stickers and such because it made me just think about how much fun they would have had uh, putting all of those uh, together. Plus actually seeing how things like with Charlotte's writing to see how her writing got better, that was really cool. I did like all the treats and the nuts. So can you suggest things for people to send in care packages? Like what, if they don't have kids, like obviously they're not doing drawings for their partner. Um, what are some of the better options to put in the care packages that are really cool, like to people? Photos. It, it might be old school, having printed out photos, because, you know, everyone's got a full photo album on their phone or whatever. But actual printed out quality photos are really cool, because you can stick them up on the wall. With magnets? Well, well, with magnets, yeah. So magnets, you can put them up on the bulkhead is really cool. Even if you can just, you know, might just use a little a small photo format so you could use it as a bookmark in your um whatever novel you're reading that really helps and then number one snack that people can send i might be a bit different than most but you can't send chicken in the mail scott no, no chicken in the mail but uh say nuts i like nuts mixed nuts nuts yeah. any type of nut it's funny the canteens always fill up full of sugar as well so you can always get like red frogs or you get chocolates and ice creams and you always got sweet things but uh, they don't sell a lot of savory things other than chips so here's another question from a community member. What do you do as a member when you're feeling down and missing your family? The photo album that you sent me, I'd actually flick through that. Again, with the hard printed out photos. So there's pictures of the girls, a picture of when we went to the, the carnival just before I sailed. Pictures of uh, Charlotte's school photos and Evie from preschool. Did 
did it ever I would actually look at pictures of my car as well, to be honest. <laughs> like, just that was a good distraction to think about what I'd do. How were you feeling when you knew that Charlotte, who's our seven-year-old, if people haven't followed for a little bit, how did you feel when you knew she was going to play her first ever soccer game? Oh, that was awesome. There? I didn't want to hold up her, so I'm, I'm glad she went off and played. Like, it wouldn't be, no, 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 wait till I get back or anything like that. But um, as soon as I heard, like, a message, I had to go tell someone. Lucky enough, the PT, the chief PT was actually up near the hangar, so I'm showing him pictures. Then uh, the other PT, POPT, Kez, I was showing her pictures as well. They appreciated it as well, going, oh, yeah, that's cool. I said, oh, yeah, look there's there's a picture of her uh, playing soccer and apparently she got the coach's award as well then she said oh the main thing is everyone had fun and i got oh you know just did the gushy father thing it's called the pt and they they humored me it could have just told anyone you just want it just you know had to tell someone You'd be surprised that I did probably talking to the other officers and the other sailors. There's more conversations about kids and family than there is than what you'd probably expect. I guess it showed you that life was going on without you, which is a good thing and also sad at the same time. But good to see that, you know, we're not just sitting at home counting down the hours until you come home. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That would make me feel awful is if the house just turned into a cocoon and it was just a matter of waiting till I got back. That that would be the absolute worst. I feel like by getting out there and doing things and being occupied and not saying no to everything, just saying no to things that I couldn't stretch myself to, but saying yes to whatever sort of came our way helped us pass the time. So like, you know, going to our friend's cabin for the weekend... I may, if I had had a second thought, I probably would have said no because it seemed too hard with two kids by myself. But I said yes because it got us out of the house and in the end it was a good thing. And I said yes to the soccer because Charlotte really wanted to do it. But in the end, it got us out of the house every Saturday morning. It meant that we were ready to go and, you know, we weren't sitting around in our pyjamas until midday on a Saturday and then feeling like time was dragging or it's another weekend without you. That's what I loved about sending postcards. So every port visit, to be honest, one of the most exciting things, the thing I really pushed for at, at every port was to get a postcard, which is really hard because postcards aren't nearly as popular as what they used to be. From the ship side, I thought about the girls looking in the letterbox and go, oh, wow, there's, there's a there's a card there from a, from a different country. There's weird stamps on it. There's, oh, that, that's Dad's handwriting. Writing, I thought that'd be really cool. And so what was the hardest thing about deploying, do you think? The separation was going. It was just being away from home for so long. It was about wondering how the home fires were still going, that the girls weren't going to be disadvantaged going to school or socially disadvantaged because they got really sad and almost to a mild depression. That was the hardest. What was the best part about deployment? The adventure, the challenge, to see the achievement from challenges. It's pretty awesome. And I guess that's where you got your, your two families where brought me really close to my Navy family, like to the ship. You come back off particularly a long, longer trip, like a longer deployment and that, and you start listing off all the things that the ship achieved. Things like, you know, what we did through JWS and, you know, capabilities that we proved, relationships and places that we visited, sort of bonds you as a whole part of the ship, which is much harder to share with you guys at home. But it makes coming home all the better as well. But I guess we were sort of kept in the loop with all the sort of coverage they did about your deployment and seeing the Facebook updates and the little videos that they were putting together really helped I guess give us that sense of pride because we were seeing what you were doing as you were doing it. Yeah that was fantastic like um, the team we had on the ship doing that and they'll do it with uh, Forcenet hopefully as well but I think with Facebook probably a little bit better because it means you could share it with wider family as well grandparents could see that cousins and all that type of deal show your friends. That was cool the little bits that we could share little videos of showing the girls the the new tanks that the army brought on board or you know the time that we got served fried chicken in Jakarta to break the feast or little things like that are pretty cool to share. So what was the night before getting home like? 
what is the vibe on the ship generally the night before? I'd probably say anticipation. By saying anticipation, it's exciting as in positive and negative as far as there's a bit of fretting. There's a bit of, oh, I'm taking three weeks leave after this or I'm leaving the ship. You know, I'm, I'm stopping the routine. How's this got to keep rolling on for the next three weeks while I'm not here? So wrapping up a whole lot of loose ends, a lot of cleaning. So basically getting the ship ready to be alongside for a while and making sure it's ready to go back to sea in a month's time. Didn't sleep much, probably because I was too excited. It was uh, very much the night before Christmas. And when the ship's coming into the harbour, what were you feeling when it was coming into the harbour? Was that the most exciting bit or...? Like a building crescendo. There was a lump in the throat coming through uh, Sydney Heads. People say it all the time and it's very cliche, but Sydney Harbour is a beautiful harbour. So you sort of get a bit of a lump in the throat, sort of a bit of the homecoming sort of builds as you see the harbour itself. Bit of Aussie pride. Then you just see like, you know, oh, we see your chules there and we'll go past Sydney 1 and do the ship salute. But then you, you realise like after you, the ship's just saluted uh, Sydney 1, you go, oh, we're just off Fort Denison here and you're looking at the Harbour Bridge and, and you can see Fleet Based East and you're going, oh, wow, we're actually home now. Like, oh, I'm about to go see my wife and kids and I'm about to just, I'm going to go back to my bed with my wife. I'm going to go back to my laundry and do whatever washing I want when I want. Then it just seems to go so slow. Like, I'm sure it was slow for you guys on the wharf as well. It was just doing that creep towards the wharf and get the roads down, get the gangway down. I saw you guys on the wharf though. Like, once I was finally close enough to pick his out, because, you know, it's, it's a big ship. It's a long way away. But as soon as I did pick his out, it was just, oh, there was still a few drills there. You know, we had to do the whole salute for CN and such. But I, I couldn't take my eyes off you guys. Just sort of spotted where you were. It was just amazing. To, and then watching uh, every time the girls or yourself sort of gave a wave and oh yeah you see me on back and blowing kisses to Evie and that was really cool and this is another question from a community member how do you think Beck and the girls cope while you were away I think you did really well I would hope that it's better when I'm home that you're happy that it was okay when you were gone yeah without getting too product placement or anything like that uh, I think the whole military wife life this the way you shared the way you actually use it as an opportunity to actually um, I guess do a bit of self-analysis but actually share that with other people and therefore help yourself was uh, really good. I was a bit nervous that there might be some anxiety built up in the girls, but they seem to have done really well this week. Not overly clingy. I mean, if they weren't at least a little bit clingy, I'd be a bit upset. Can you explain where your love of KFC comes from? For those who didn't follow along during your deployment. Can you explain your international KFC tour for them? Well, I wasn't alone in this. There were a bunch of people on the ship who were actually doing a bit I'm of a KFC to make tour. It sound better. <laughs> You're obsessed. To be honest, the first one I was in Colombo in the first port visit. Just went in there just to get a bite to eat. It was also air conditioned, which is why I went KFC, not uh, not the street food. And they had uh, savoury rice instead of mashed potato and uh, coleslaw. I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome. Plus, I also noticed it's a little bit different to the KFC you get at home because they might have had some different spices, different sized chicken. Then what was the next one? Yeah. India that was just in a shopping mall so it wasn't a full restaurant but it was still pretty good they had the rice as well rather than the coleslaw and the mashed potato there was actually more flavor in the Colombo rice uh, but uh, when I went to Malaysia that was probably the most exciting because they actually had a special going on at that time they call it the Parmesan truffle chicken uh, I didn't try to taste the truffle oil so much but they had it infused into the actual skin into the crispy skin they infused the Parmesan and then they actually gave you fresh cheese in a little um, container and she put the fresh cheese onto the piece of chicken. And that one, uh, while we were actually waiting for our meal, they actually brought out these little drinks and they gave us little soft drinks while we were waiting. That was really good. So overall, which one was the best? Malaysia. Definitely Malaysia. Here's another question from a community member. How have you found fitting back into the family routine and did you worry about how that would go? Pretty easy. I guess there's already things set though. So I've been a bit sitting on the sideline. So I'm going to try and insert myself without being too... Um, Pushy. Put, yeah. So I know that you've got a routine. So And I know that 
but I'll also go back to Sydney eventually. So I don't want to come in and mess up the whole routine and mess up the clockwork because things will get forgotten. And, you know, the, the girls, oh, I'm late to school. So she she just, wasn't late to school, by the way, this morning. So you've just been going along with it. Yeah, just going along with it. But I, I would like to get a bit more involved, take a bit of weight off your shoulders, but at the same time, not grab the steering wheel. Last question. How does it feel being home? Is it weird? The same? Like you've not been gone? What's the feeling being home? Yes, all those things. So it's kind of weird because it does feel the same and it does feel like I haven't been away for so long. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Was that fairly painless or probably just happy that you get to talk about chicken at some point? Yeah, so I'm a little bit hungry. <laughs> so. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Do we need to redo any of that? Or That's fine. Just wait till you sort of cut and chop it. And... We will. We'll keep it El Nacherel, Scott. No special treatment for you. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 